Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. The opponent preview series taking a stop in the AFC East against the New England Patriots. And EA and I caught up with Ben Volan, the senior writer of the Boston Globe, to discuss the New England Patriots in the post-Tom Brady era. And really, EA, that's a great place to start because this team is an enigma right now. What are they going to look like without number 12 at the helm? Well, they still have that head coach who often wears the hood and Bill Belichick, and he has led the Patriots to six Super Bowl titles, albeit none of those titles with the Patriots have been without Tom Brady. So offensively, it looks as of right now, it's going to be Jared Stidham, but Brian Hoyer is there as well. And I know one of Hoyer's former teammates, Rob Ninkovich, actually thinks that Hoyer will ultimately win that job. But offensively, it sure seems like they're going to try to run the football with Sony Michelle and James White, get the ball to White out of the backfield. And Julian, Julian Edelman is still there as their primary target. But defensively, Greens, nothing changes because this defense is elite and it should keep the Patriots in a lot of games. And in a wide-open AFC East, do not discount the team that has won the past 11 division championships. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And that defense probably goes overlooked just because of the magnitude of the storyline with Tom Brady leaving, but that defense was debatably the best in the NFL last season. And they didn't really lose a lot of their players. Stephon Gilmore still there. That secondary which is one of the best in the league. They're largely intact here entering 2020. So I, I think this will be an interesting matchup. And really, you know, the Jets won't have a chance to dethrone the Patriots with Tom Brady. But to your point, and we've discussed this before, the AFC East is wide open. And Chris Brown of the Buffalo Bills said this to us with the Bills going from the hunter to the hunted. Well, the Patriots were so frequently or not frequently, they were the hunted for the past two decades. And now it just feels like a lot of, a lot of questions right now surrounding the new England Patriots, but I'm very curious to see what this team looks like. And you mentioned the offensive weapons. seems like it's going to be a, a ground and pound to use a Rex Ryan term type of team to your point. Yeah, they're definitely going to rely on the running game. They have their offensive line intact. I think Dante Scarnecki retiring is a big hit. He's a legendary assistant coach in the National Football League. I don't know if you can find anybody who coach offensive alignment better than him. It's interesting where these games fall on the schedule, the back half of the schedule. The Jets play the Chiefs in Week 8 at Arrowhead then come home in week nine, have an extra day to prepare, have the Patriots for a Monday night affair before ending the season 2020. Actually, 2021, it is January 3rd at Gillette Stadium. That's the return matchup. So again, the Jets will finish their season series against the Buffalo Bills prior to playing another division game. So the Patriots pop up on their schedule to start the second half and to end their regular season campaign. Yeah. The jets play four division games 
in five, the, four of their five games from week seven to week 12 are division games with a week 11 bye. And you mentioned the Chiefs game in week eight. Well, before that, it's the Buffalo Bills, and that's the second of two matchups against the Bills. Then you go away at the Chiefs, the home against the Patriots on Monday Night Football, and then at the Dolphins, bye, home against the Dolphins. And we'll get to that on the next episode of the podcast. But that first game in week nine, EA, I know this is at the time in which this game is going to be played. The Ghosts storyline will probably get picked back up again because it's Monday night football against the Patriots in the middle of the season. But I think that game might have some some a little extra juice because of that storyline. And I don't think that Sam Darnold was justly criticized after that game, considering seeing ghosts is a football term. And I just feel like that game is going to hold a lot of weight, even because Tom Brady's not there. Doesn't mean that you're still not going up against Bill Belichick and a very difficult New England Patriots team. Yeah, especially defensively, and they're going to bring it, and they'll be well-prepared, and they don't beat themselves, no matter who is playing quarterback. I would actually, if I had my druthers, <laughs> I would have loved to see the Patriots early on this schedule because, yes, the Jets have a lot of personnel changes, but that's a seismic shift taking Tom Brady TB12 out of New England. And since everybody has been battling the COVID-19 pandemic, None of these teams have been on the field throughout the spring. So if Jared Stidham is indeed the signal caller, he will not have the benefit of having a full spring practice underneath him. And he'll just have a few weeks of training camp before starting early in the season. So uh, we'll have to see what the Patriots offense looks like in week nine. Um but I think they're going to undergo a major transition early this season. All right. Well, without further ado, let's hear from Ben Volan of the Boston Globe to learn about what this Patriots team is going to look like without Tom Brady in 2020. I'm sorry in advance. I'm sure you've been asked this a thousand times. Is Jared Stidham really going to be the guy under center at the start of the 2020 regular season? I mean, it certainly appears that way. Uh, he already beat out Brian Hoyer once uh, for a, a roster spot. That was last year. Stidham uh, was the backup, and uh, Brian Hoyer, the Patriots, ended up releasing, and he went to Indianapolis. Hoyer's back now, and it's down to those two. Uh, so it, it appears on paper like it's time to give Jared Stidham a chance uh, to see what he can do. You know, that said, uh, there was an interesting comment from former Patriot Rob Ninkovich, who's now with ESPN. He said he predicts uh, Hoyer to start the season just because he thinks Hoyer has more experience in the system and has more experience in general. And that, um, you know, the Patriots aren't just going to spend games just, you know, base them around uh, developing and evaluating Jared Sinem, that they're still going to try to win. And that early in the season, given all the strangeness going on with the pandemic, that perhaps Hoyer uh, gives them a better chance to win early in the season. So that would be very interesting. And, it wouldn't be too surprising to me. I mean, on paper, uh, you know, to, to just hand the job to Jared Stidham seems a little strange to me. Uh, he might have a lot of talent, and I do think the coaches think a lot of him, but he's still a fourth-round pick who just spent his rookie year throwing. He threw four passes all season, played 15 snaps. You know, the Patriots think they know what they have in him, but it, it would be strange for them to just hand the job to Stidham. So I do think it will be an open competition between he and Hoyer, and – 
you know, if Stidham's the best uh, player of the two, then absolutely they should play him and, and they should see what, what he can do. But it wouldn't shock me if Hoyer early in the season uh, does start the, the season for the Patriots as the starting quarterback. What's your personal view of covering the Patriots now without Tom Brady? And can we all say right now that the dynasty is over as far as what the Patriots were and they are entering a new era? Well, it certainly appears that way. Uh, and, and I think it's fair to say that because the, the dynasty really did have a lot to do with Tom Brady and, and he's elsewhere now. But uh, look, Bill Belichick is, is, I think, rebuilding the offense right now, but they're not tanking by any stretch and they're still going to be competitive. But, you know, this is the challenge now. Can Belichick uh, build the Patriots into a consistent winner again? Can he win without Brady? Um, can, you know, is he, it's probably not going to happen overnight. I think there might be some some rough spots, especially you know, with this season, especially going in with just Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer, does on paper, it's a very risky strategy. Um, but again, it will prove Belichick's coaching chops if he can still coach the Patriots uh, to a good season with an unproven uh, youngster like Jared Stidham or even a, a guy like Brian Hoyer. And uh, even though there's not a whole lot of experience there, they still have, um, you know, Julian Edelman is back. They still have, I think, all five starters on the offensive line should be back. Uh, a very good running back room. They doubled up a, a tight end this year. We'll see what, what they can develop at that position now. Uh, and then the defense should still be very good with Stefan Gilmore, the reigning defensive player of the year. Um, Devin McCourty's back. Patrick Chung is back. Uh, their secondary might be one of the best in the NFL still, even after trading Deron Harmon. Um, uh, so, you know, it's, it's going to be very different now without Tom Brady. And there's no question. I mean, the days of just penciling them in for 12 and four and the AFC championship game, uh, I think are going to be done for a little bit, but I would not count out the Patriots by any stretch. And I think the AFC East is kind of wide open. And that means I think it's as much wide open for the Patriots to take as it is for uh, the bills, dolphins, or even the jets. So with that being said, Ben, what do you make of the Monday night football matchup of the jets and the Patriots? Kind of a sour taste in the mouths of Jets fans from last season. The networks must love the Patriots at Jets for uh, you know Monday night or whatever. But I like it too. I can just take the train down on a, on the Monday and just make a day trip out of it. But, um, yeah, I mean the AFC East is going to be fascinating this year. It, like it could be one of those years where uh, you have four teams that finish eight and eight. Um, you know the Bills obviously I think are the presumptive favorites. Uh, um, bringing back everyone and then the Patriots losing Brady, you'd think uh, the bills at 10 and six last year, but I, I do wonder, you know, to me, there's still major questions about Josh Allen and is 10 and six kind of their, their ceiling. And, you know, the jets have uh, what finished the season on a six and one run. So certainly a lot of optimism for the jets heading into a, you know, a year of consistency on the coaching staff and with Sam Darnold. I think that'll be key for them. And, the, the Patriots are a giant wild card. We'll, we'll see what they are. And, and uh, the Dolphins, to me, might have the most boomer boss potential. I really like what the, the Dolphins are doing. And it's all about, you know, Fitzpatrick either playing at a high level or Tua stepping in and, and playing well. Um, so to me, the, the whole AFC East is fascinating. That Monday night game, Jets-Patriots, you know, the, it might return to those uh, days of old where it's like a lot of 13 to 10 games. And, you know, Patriots football is with Stidham now. It's going to be like early 2000s with Brady play action, dump off in the flat, check down over the middle, 
you know, check down to Edelman across the middle, something like that. Like it's going to be ground and pound. Don't make mistakes uh, kind of football from the Patriots until they can figure out, you know, what exactly they have a quarterback. Well, everybody's talking about the loss of Tom Brady and rightfully so, but I think one of the most impressive position coaches in NFL history is saying he's retired right now. That's Dante Scarnecchia. How critical of a loss will that be? Uh, Weird to say he's been with the organization for so long, but this isn't even his first uh, retirement. He uh, Dante actually stepped away uh, from the team in 2014 and 2015. And they hired uh, Dave DeGuglielmo. Uh, who's been, I feel like, on every AFC East team about yep. each. Um, he was, and and the year they beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, their first uh, Super Bowl in 10 years, um, uh, that was with DeGuglielmo at offensive line coach. So, uh, look, Dante's phenomenal, and he was there forever, and, and that guy knew how to develop uh, players. And The Patriots never really had to invest high, truly high picks in offensive linemen because Dante was such a good coach. Um, you know, that said, it's a veteran group that should all be returning. They put the franchise tag on left guard Joe Tooney, which I was uh, a little surprised with. Almost $15 million seems a little high for a guard, considering they're also paying Shaq Mason, the right guard. Um, David Andrews should be coming back. He missed all of last season uh, after developing lung uh, uh, blood clots in his lungs right at the end of training camp. That was a huge loss uh, to lose your starting center right on the eve of camp. And there's not really a great replacement. And Ted Karras, the backup, he stepped in and, you know, played admirably uh, well and, and was able to get a, a free agent offer out of the Dolphins out of it. So, you know, Karras stepped in and did some good things, but the Patriots getting David Andrews back this year um, is huge. And, and, you know, Isaiah Wynn will have another year at left tackle, Tooney back at left guard, Shaq Mason at right uh, guard and, and Marcus Cannon, presumably another year at right tackle. So this is a veteran group that, um, I, I think should be able to um, withstand the loss of a great offensive line coach in Dante Scarnay. Ben, what do you think about the wide receiver core here? Obviously you talked about Julian Edelman a little bit earlier, but what about guys like Nikhil Harry and what, what does the rest of that depth chart look like outside of number 11? I, I was a little surprised. They didn't really address wide receiver uh, in the draft. They signed some undrafted free agent afterward, but um, the top three is really what they're bringing back from last year. And I think they're just, uh, it's Julian Edelman, the number one guy. And I still think even though he's going to be 33, maybe 34 years old this year, and has obviously taken a lot of hits, he's coming off a, a hundred catch, you know, thousand yard season and, and was really the only dependable receiver last year. And I think they're counting on him to be a leader in the locker room now that Brady's gone and to still be a very productive receiver uh, for Jared Stidham. Uh, so uh, Edelman is still number one, and I think they uh, expect Mohamed Sanu to come back and, and have a much more productive season. You know, coming in midstream, he, he was actually producing okay the first couple games, but he sprained his ankle early on and really had a tough time fitting in after that. And the, the sprained ankle really slowed him down. So now that that's healthy, Sanu is your you know physical possession receiver, uh, works the middle of the field, and Nikhil Harry last year thir- last year's first round pick, I think. Uh, there's no question the Patriots are expecting a, a big jump for him in, in his second season. Uh, his rookie season was very disappointing. Uh, spent the first eight weeks on IR and then just had a very difficult time playing catch up after that. Uh, but his physical talent is obvious. Uh, he's 6'3 and 230 pounds and just a, a physical specimen. And they still found ways to get the ball in his hands. And he's a, you know, a, a dangerous uh, guy with the ball. 
uh, yards after the catch, you know, end arounds. Uh, and now that he's had a full season, uh, full off season, again, it's tough with the pandemic, but he still had some coaching and he is uh, familiar with the concepts of the playbook and everything. Uh, I think him coming back healthy this year, they're expecting a big jump uh, from Nikhil Harry. And then, you know, Jacoby Myers was a rookie last year. We'll see if he can stick as the number four guy. And after that, it's kind of up for grabs with some free agents. Demir Bird from Carolina is a speedster that they they signed. Um, I, I want to say they signed uh, uh, Nelson. Oh no, Marquise Lee. Marquise Lee from the Jacksonville Jaguars. They brought in on a minimum contract. Some undrafted free agents, but it, they're really expecting the top three of Edelman, Sunu, and Nikhil Harry to uh, carry them this year. I like the draft pick of Kyle Duggar. What do you think he can add to that mix? And why is that secondary such a unit that works tremendously together? They're always so cohesive and nobody's in the wrong spot. It seems. Um, Yeah. Belichick has uh, his philosophy is to build the defense from the back uh, and then to the front. Like, he believes that you can generate pass rush with scheme uh, and with blitzes and, and twists and stunts and things like that. And I, I think he's generally right. And he believes in a strong secondary. And, you know, it's a group that's just played together a long time. Devin McCourty, a first-round pick in 2010. Uh, Patrick Chung, a second-round pick in 2009. Uh, Deron Harmon had been here since 2013. They just traded him to Detroit. Um, Dogger is kind of uh, the second-round pick from a Division II school. Interesting. I, I, I'm not expecting a ton uh, from him this year because he really plays like Patrick Chung's position and Chung is, they brought him back for another year. Um, but I think that was on purpose. Belichick generally believes in, uh, you know, kind of bringing his rookies along slowly and giving them a time to adjust to the speed of the game and get their bodies more physically ready. And especially making a jump from division two to the NFL in this year with no off season and just a very unusual setup. Uh, you know, Duggar is going to be a backup to start and he'll be special teams. And I'm sure they'll find a role for him because he's very athletic. And even though he's a division two guy, uh, he was a senior bowl uh, invitee and was definitely drafted, you know, viewed as a, a top kind of prospect. So a very athletic, hard hitting in the box type of safety hybrid linebacker, that type of guy. Um, so he'll eventually be an important piece for them. Uh, they also brought in this guy, Adrian Phillips, from the Chargers, another similar player, a safety who kind of plays in the box as a linebacker, can cover, plays special teams. They have a lot of these guys uh, on defense now, and um, they added some more speed and youth on defense. Josh Uche, a linebacker from Michigan in the second round. Uh, Anthony Jennings, a linebacker from Alabama in the third round. Um, they definitely tried to get uh, younger in, in, in the defense and find kind of the next stars, but uh, you, you know, you asked about their secondary, Devin McCourty, Patrick Chung, Duggar, and, and Adrian Phillips now at safety. And then cornerback, they're loaded as well. Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, a youngster, is a great young player. Um, uh, Jason McCourty was brought back for another year. Jonathan Jones, the slot uh, corner. Jawan Williams, six foot four, a second round pick from a year ago. So they are just, they're very deep in the secondary. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that the Patriots defense is going to finish number one in the NFL again. I think they'll probably maybe come sliding down a little bit, but they're still a, a very excellent, very deep secondary. Yeah. Ben, we've talked about this a little bit, but I just wanted to ask you point blank. What are you expecting from this Patriots team at the end of the 2020 season when you kind of look through the rearview mirror? Uh, look, if they can have anything 
um, if they can have a winning record, I'll be impressed. Because yeah, again, you're going. I, I was ranking the quarterback depth charts, and they have to have the 30th, 31st, 32nd, you know, type ranked depth chart as far as just experience and um, you know, Hoyer and Sidham. Who knows what what this can provide? And the schedule uh, is very difficult this year. The Patriots have all these trips out west. They go to Seattle, Kansas City, two trips to L.A., uh, Houston. Um, they get Baltimore and the 49ers at, at home. So a very difficult schedule. So if, if Jared Stidham can guide them to a 9-7, and 10-6 and six season, even 8-8, eight and eight, I think would be a pretty good season, you know, if, if we look maybe a little closer at some of the circumstances. But, um, you know, it's, it's about developing some pieces on offense. Can they find, uh, uh, you know, is Jared Stidham the guy and, and – uh, not just offense, both sides of the football. Can they develop some of these younger players to be the next cornerstones? Can any young players on offense step up the, the two young tight ends that they draft in the third round? Can those guys uh, be the next wave of the Patriots? And, and all about quarterback. Is Jared Stidham the guy? Or are they going to have to go in the draft next year and, and be a, quarter, a team that's looking for a quarterback? So uh, this is, you know, a big transition year for the Patriots, no question, as they move into the, you know, the post-Brady era. EA, let's take a look at a couple matchups to watch here. And obviously, all eyes will be focused on that Patriots defense because it is the strength of that team right now as we record this in June. And I assume it'll be the strength of this team when we get to the regular season. But outside of Sam Darnold going up against this unit, where where do you go for a key matchup to watch? I always think about Julian Edelman. And he is such a great connection with Tom Brady. But what I'd love for the Jets to be able to do is maybe single up on the outside. You double Edelman. You try to take him out of the ball game. I know easier said than done. But you, he dictates a lot of coverage towards him. And what you want to do with the Patriots, I think, is make them unbalanced. In the past, you wouldn't have said that because – they could play one-dimensional football because they had Tom Brady. In fact, there were some years where you'd see the Patriots come out throwing 45 times a game, and they were fine with it. But over the last few years, I think that offense had a metamorphosis where they became more of a grounded-pound, play-action-type team. And I think that's what is going to continue here in the early stages in 2020. But I think you want to take away Edelman – and if it is a young quarterback with Stidham, you'll love Greg Williams going at a young quarterback because he can throw a lot of different things at you. And then on the offensive side of the ball, it's to have some balance, get Le'Veon Bell going, um, because you don't want to be in a position, I think, against this New England team where you got to play catch-up because that defense is so disciplined. They have so much continuity. They have veterans there. Uh, they play so well together. I think for the Jets, it's going to be imperative for them to settle into a ball game and not not get behind because you don't want to be playing behind in the National Football League, but especially against a defense like the Patriots. And that was evident last year when the Jets played the Patriots on Monday Night Football, the game that you and I were talking about earlier this podcast, because Bill Belichick will... He'll pin his ears back and he'll send everything at you and he'll send a lot of all-out blitzes, which Sam Darnold, of course, saw and I anticipate he'll be seeing 
a decent amount of, again this year in week nine against the New England Patriots and of course the season finale in week 17 and that was another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services the opponent preview series sticking in the AFC East EA and I talking about the Miami Dolphins on the next episode of the podcast <laughs>